The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Good morning to you, Trinidad and Tobago. It is 19 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. And as promised, we start our discussion this morning uh, representing International Human Rights Day that was yesterday. And on the line, we have Mrs. Diana Mahabia-Wyatt, former Senator Diana Mahabia-Wyatt, who is a human rights activist. She's a strong advocate for women's rights. She has been a member of various national and regional organizations that advocate women's rights, including CARFA, C-A-F-R-A, the network that the National Organization of Women. In 1999, she joined the Trinidad and Tobago Coalition on the Rights of the Child and remains an executive member for that organization and the Caribbean and Latin American Rights of the Child Association, having spent a free five-week fellowship in Sweden studying the UN Convention of Rights of the Child, courtesy the Swedish government and Rada Barman. As a weekly columnist in the local press for the last 10 years, she's campaigned for the rights and provisions of social services and protection of women and children at a national level. So welcome to the Studios of Freedom 106.5 FM, Miss Diana Wyatt. Good morning to you. And good morning to you. Actually, the reason why I'm here... Okay. Pardon? I was just going to... Hello? Hi, can I finish my sentence? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. All right. So I, just, I was just saying that the reason I am here is because I'm currently the president of the Caribbean Center for Human Rights. And you are probably familiar with Denise Pitcher, who is our executive director and has been very much in the press over the weekend mm-hmm. in relation to what we are doing in Trinidad for human rights. And where are we now in terms of that process as from when you started to now? Have we improved or are there things that we need to uh, continue in that direction? Well, obviously, in the, since um, 1998, when was the year that we um, ratified the um, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. We have gone um, great distances. We have legislation now. We have practices that we did not have before. And we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, the many conflicts that we're seeing around the world, how active are your um, organizations in making sure to at least record some of the instances and providing help for those affected? Well, it depends on, on what area you're talking about in relation to the areas that are affected. And we have the... Um, what we have done is that Trinidad and Tobago is perhaps further ahead in terms of human rights, active, active implementation of human rights than I think any other Caribbean country. Um, 
we have legislation regarding children and apart from legislation we also have um child child um rulings about sexual abuse so you probably will have noticed in the press mm -hmm. that that is a an area which receives a lot of attention in Trinidad um, but some of the rights which we should have we don't have and um, we have we have access to justice for example everybody does but it is um, we have access to the rights in terms of access to a bank account and um, access to um, freedom of association you can belong to any association that you want to um, we have access to health care which is not um, something which we have to pay for, but we also have huge areas that we still have to pay for. Um, people have a right to education, mm -hmm. and that is free for primary education, and it goes on. Um, the cost of education for even secondary and tertiary education is less here than it is anywhere else, I think, in the Caribbean. Um, we have um, we have access to the courts for any violation of human rights, but we still have a lot to go. We have um, in 1948, when we passed, when we accepted the uh, access to the Declaration of Human Rights, mm -hmm. what I think that is most important is that we know what those human rights are. Many of them are legislated for in Trinidad, but we, as I said, we still have a lot to go. And partly because of the slowness of the judicial system, although people will find that um, technically they have the right to freedom of, a mo of movement, for example, mm -hmm. freedom of association, but in practical terms we don't. And I think that is one of the things which have been the topics of a lot of dispute. Mm -hmm. And I, ha I have to use the word dispute because cases keep going to court. For example, in relation to the treatment that we have of um, immigrants. And although the convention says that children, immigrant children or refugee children have a right to education and we don't provide those in most of our schools mm -hmm. so we do have a, we have a long way to a go a lot of yet. work to do in terms of the legislative process how 
can you describe some of it and how difficult it is to really put in legislation for the, like, for example, education of immigrants, uh, immigrant children? How difficult it is to implement those uh, legislative issues? Well, to be honest, um, a lot of it depends on finance. Although the convention itself doesn't talk about the cost mm-hmm. of of implementing these rights, as you will understand that um, our schools, especially our primary schools, are already overloaded. Um, and to get into a secondary school in Trinidad is difficult. You have to pass exams, and if you have not been able to attend primary school so that you can apply to get into a secondary school, mm-hmm. it is almost impossible. And that is one of the basic rights that all people have. Um, but we also, and not just the cost, but also the, we all know that, that our public service in certain areas is inefficient, mm-hmm. and our bureaucracy can take years. For example, in the judiciary, um, you will have, um, you can have delays of two, three, five years before your case can even be heard. And if you don't have the money to pay a private lawyer and you're going to depend on um, the state to to plead your bill. case, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are pleading your case against the state. So you have to go to the Legal Aid Society, which has been set up for that reason. And it's very difficult to get lawyers to work pro bono or for very, very, very small stipends um, for the, um, for, you know, the Legal Aid Society. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two, two of the backgrounds. Um, I think that, that finance is a big problem. And I'm thinking of any legislation that goes through, there is a cost. Mm-hmm. But when you, unfortunately, unlike some states, for example, in the United States and I believe Canada, when a bill is going to Parliament, they also make sure that funding has been allocated to cover the implementation of that bill. We don't do that here. We pass legislation, and then from when the legislation has been passed, and for human rights legislation, it can take four or five years before it even gets on the legislative agenda. But once it does, and then you have to make sure that there is not just the money to pay the staff, but an allocation must go through the relevant ministry. And as you probably know, um, most of the budgeting for the relevant ministries has decreased over the last few years because of 
these problems with the economy and COVID mm -hmm. and lockdowns and that sort of thing. I think really that the economic, social, and cultural rights are the ones that are suffering most. And you say uh, those rights are suffering the most. Can you repeat which ones are those again? Oh, the economic, um, cultural, and social rights. And just exactly, can you define what those rights are? Because when you hear cultural and when you hear those, those terms broadly put out, not many people can zone in to the uh, different aspects of those rights. Probably, can you define the the uh, rights for us? Yeah, sure. Um, I I can tell you. First of all, I'm I'm going to move away from the um, Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which lists 30 rights and freedoms that they believe every person should have. Now, Amnesty International has publish those rights, mm -hmm. but they have 30, and some of them we do have actually implemented in Trinidad, and some of them we don't. But the fundamental human rights, for example, if we're looking at a, an economic right, an economic right we would include in that um, Liberty, the right of an individual to life, liberty, security, and enjoyment of property. Mm -hmm. Now, the right to security is a very important one. And that, uh, allied to that, is the right not to be deprived of that except by law. But we, we all know we don't have um, security in Trinidad. The actual implementation of that is left up to the police, and I don't have to talk to you about um, the lacks and the weaknesses in the police service in terms of um, security of people. Mm -hmm. And then there is the right of individuals to respect for your private and family life. Now, I, do, I don't know if you know that the right to education includes the right of every parent to decide on um, the school or where um, the child is going to be educated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you, if you have the money. Um, that is... It's actually in our Constitution, eh? and it says that a parent or guardian has a right to provide a school of their own choice for the education of a child. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we, we have a right, when you talk to um, equality of treatment, that is in our Constitution, and um, equality um, in terms of services to individuals, all individuals in Trinidad have that right, but there's not an accompanying um, budgeting every year to provide those rights. So what happens is we have NGOs, non-governmental organizations, we have community-based organizations, 
and we have religious-based organizations um, which people can go to to help, and they provide the additional assistance that has been lost to the budgeting problems with different ministries. And so you will find um, some religious organizations, for example, will provide um, medical assistance. There are a lot of social organizations like the Coalition Against Domestic Violence, which provides counseling and, and um, mental health counseling um, to help people who have been victims of violence, which you can't get in government medical centers because they just don't have enough people. They don't have enough professionals. And, so and as uh, to the question, well, to the uh, problem that you highlighted earlier, that would be as a result of lack of funding to continue those programs to have qualified persons uh, give that service. That's right. Mm -hmm. But but don't forget that the government funding is not infinite. Mm -hmm. And it, it is getting less income into the government uh, revenues than it was before. We don't get as much um, from oil and gas. We don't get enough from taxes, we don't get enough um, for a lot of the, the services that people need. And this is why we find taxi fares are going up, mm -hmm. um, well, all of the others that I mentioned earlier. Going back to the theme for 2023, freedom, equality, and justice for all, what is the mandate by the National General Assembly to ensure that these uh, headlines are met in terms of human rights? Okay, well, let's take freedom. Mm -hmm. um, freedom, equality, and what was the other one? Freedom, equality, and justice for all. Okay, well, I did speak about justice already, but I'll mm -hmm. go back and then go back up. Justice is theoretically available to everybody, but you have to be able to go through the process. Mm -hmm. Now, you know that anybody taking a case to court um, can sometimes be on the list for, well, I'm going to say between 5 and 20 years, the experience has been in the past. Now, recently and over the weekend, um, there has been a change, and as a result, we have been promised quicker access. In other words, you don't have to go through a whole preliminary um, structure and process. Mm -hmm. You can go straight uh, into court and, and be accepted. At least that is the impression we are getting from... Um, from the press over the weekend. I hope it is going to work out. I really do, um, because there are a lot of problems, especially in my area with domestic violence, with child abuse, 
mm-hmm. that need to be dealt with. And I would be very glad to know that the projected speeding up of those cases happens. But at the moment, it has not yet got into force. And people will wait for literally years. And you'll remember um, that we have been told of cases where people have been in prison uh, for years and years and years, and their cases haven't been heard. Mm-hmm. In one case, it was 20 years, which sticks in everybody's mind. And when the case was finally heard, um, the man was innocent. So, yes, we do theoretically have access to justice, and I'm glad to see that the relevant ministries are trying to do something about it. But no, we don't have universal access to justice. In terms of equality, now this means that every citizen in Trinidad should be able to get the right to health. Um, And that would include the right to medical access for um, surgery, Mm-hmm. Um, not just surgery, but medical assistance for uh, non-communicable diseases or communicable diseases. But we don't have enough money. We don't have enough places in hospitals for everybody to actually be treated equally when it comes to that kind of medical help. Um, And we can go down through, do you think that everybody has equal access to employment? Mm -hmm. I I don't think so. Um, It's theoretical, and we do have an Equal Opportunities Commission which um, is doing its best, and you will notice over the last month um, there has been publication of people who are not um, who are not properly living up to their responsibilities in terms of reporting to the Equal Opportunity Commission mm. um, and. It's the same thing for, I think, each of freedom, equality, and justice. If we are serious about the freedom, we would not have people locked up in the detention centers without having their cases heard. And they are being locked up for months and months and months, including small children without any proper uh, discussion or dialogue as to how they can be helped. Now, from that uh, scenario, I wanted to ask, how can we regular citizens or the laymen extend help to ensure that human rights are not encroached, especially as we're seeing the tensions developing in the region, you know, between Guyana and Venezuela? And, uh, you know, from the looks of things, there may be an influx of those seeking asylum. How do we as normal citizens help in that area? That is a very, very perceptive question. And I think it's one that should be the focus of a lot of 
media attention in the future. I hope you keep it up. Um, what we can do as individuals, pick one of the areas of human rights. Let's take um, education. And if you know that there are people with small children who are not being given access to education, talk to the school. See what you as a citizen can um, request. And I think that that is important. You can follow up any time. We do have we do have um, access to a number of, um, I would call them uh, pro-government, or, <coughs> sorry, um, if we, we have access to NGOs, mm -hmm. we have access to community um, bodies, and most places, um, you're free to speak, you're free to approach your community center, your community, um, the legislation provides you, we all have community bodies um, that we can approach and say about this, because they all get voted into office, eh? Mm-hmm. And recently there have been elections to, again, put um, people into those offices where they can serve the public. I think that is one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think that anybody who is literate and can either write a letter, which is very effective, by the way, or... Um, access to on, <coughs> online um, contact, mm -hmm. which I think is probably the best way to do it now. Um, just saying to the mayor, to the city council, to the county council, and I think county council would probably be the best, mm -hmm. and say, we have noticed that and we don't have access to some of the human rights which we are supposed to have. And that would be um, to provide schooling for your children, not if you don't like the schooling that is available. Theoretically, mm -hmm. the right of a parent or a guardian to provide a school of their own choice for the education of children. But you also have freedom of association and assembly. And I would think supporting the, um, the community centers, supporting the county council, make sure you vote. Mm -hmm. Those are all ways in which we can um, said, um, I know I keep going on and on about education. No, but and education I, is a very important part of, of, a, of a system understanding the past of, you know, how things were implemented then and how they are now. 
you know, education is what gives us the opportunity to ask questions to change. So I, I mm -hmm. understand why right. you, you continue to, to advocate for that. I do. And I, I really also feel it's very important. You brought this up, and I want to go back to it, mm -hmm. that um, refugees or immigrants, should those children should know that they have schooling available for them as well. You are right. We are going to get more and more Guyanese children or Guyanese families. If the tension keeps rising in the Essequibo region, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know how it cannot rise because the Venezuelan pronouncements as to what they are going to do are really scaring a lot of us. Mm -hmm. But we do, what can we do to help? I don't know. Do you have, can you hire a Venezuelan if you have a small business? Can you um, give a temporary accommodation to a child or a, a Venezuelan? Um, Venezuelan family. Mm. Not well, Venezuelan as well, but I'm thinking Guyanese because Guyanese families coming over will not be illegal immigrants mm. because Guyana is a member of CARICOM. CARICOM. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they will be come over legally. And what happens once they get here? Has has your community or has our government made um, plans to d be able to deal with the refugees that are coming here legally? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but each one of us can pursue what we think should be done with the community, uh, with the county council. But there's so much that needs to be done. Um, you know, helping with the access to homes for the age who don't have um, well, anything other than national insurance pension. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is a bracket of people that we tend to forget a lot about our aged mm -hmm. as well. And they are entitled to rights as well, yes? Every one of them. Mm -hmm. In spite of age, in spite of sex, in spite of, uh, you know, all the other criteria. Mm -hmm. I would suggest for listeners as well to go to the website and actually take a look at the list of human rights listed, uh, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, so that we can have a better idea as to what they are. Because sometimes when you read it, then you fully understand it, and then you can notice if those rights are being uh, infringed upon. Are there any other uh, comments you would like to make in closing? About a million. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am particularly concerned about violence, mm -hmm. as we all are. I mean, that, that we live in fear, and you know that when we get more um, immigrants and refugees fleeing 
um, playing with us in both in Venezuela and in Guyana. Mm-hmm. Um, there is going to be more violence. Mm-hmm. Just, just so that people can survive. Just so that adults can feed their children if they are fleeing violence that is certain. Mm-hmm. We don't want to bring more violence into Trinidad. So we have to sit down and think about solutions now, and that will come with uh, collaborative efforts between organizations that you work with and with government organizations as well. Yeah, those collaborations are starting. They've been going on for years. Mm-hmm. And government has been doing its best to help support the NGOs because the NGOs and the community-based organizations are providing services that the government can't any longer survive. Mm-hmm. Mind you, that has been going on for 20 years, eh? Mm-hmm. And as you know, people who, who go for medical help will often be referred to private hospitals. Mm-hmm. And that is... We don't have these services, the social services and the public services that we need. But any time we can give assistance, food is the most important. And then it is accommodation. And then, of course, medical help and education. Well, at this time, Senator, former Senator Diana Mahabawayat, I want to thank you for taking the time out for in the discussion to highlight those issues that are facing us and reminding us that we, you know, we, we have to be more aware of our uh, fellow human beings within Trinidad and Tobago. Definitely. And thank you for giving us access to let people know about the human rights that are available and that they should be fighting for. Thank you so much for joining us. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.